Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, and I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape reporter. Coming up, it's comedian Gabe Kia. Yeah, it is. It's the tough part is she's getting old enough to where now she's understanding when I'm going away and stuff. And and I've heard this from other comedians have told me that that like they're, they're like, yeah, it's pretty easy when they're young. It's when they get when they get to the age where they're realizing, oh, they see your suitcase that like when you are leaving, you're going to be gone for not just the day, but maybe like three or four days. Haven't spoken to Gabe in a while. We talk about uh, what he has going on, uh, things going on with family life, uh, his career. And, of course, we talk a little bit of hockey because, of course, he's a big hockey nut. And uh, his pops played for my St. Louis Blues back in the 80s. And then, it's, let me see, we have a uh, song coming up from Conan Gray, which I think you're really going to enjoy. A very poppy tune. And then, uh, of course, as always, a dumb bit. Lots of political news to report on this week. We're not going to discuss any of that. I am just worn out. I would advise you to pay attention to it, go to reliable news sources, and certainly follow it. But we're going to have some fun talking about the rock and roll. Yes, the other big story this week is the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, announced its 2020 class of inductees. And as always, lots and lots of hurt feelings, lots of people getting upset. And uh, I will, before I proceed, I will tell you, of course, full disclosure, you may or may not know, uh, Fangirl now works at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I'm pretty sure I would have done this bit uh, anyway, because uh, this comes up every year. Uh, these same things always come up about uh, the Rock Hall. And so I'm pretty sure I would have done this bit anyway. I'm not going to be telling any tales out of school here. Uh, I'm going to approach this just as I normally would out of fidelity to music history and out of fidelity to Greater Cleveland because uh, the Rock Hall is one of our you know, greatest assets up there. And so uh, the, the people that made it in, in case you haven't heard already, uh, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode. <laughs> People say that it's Depeche Mode. T-Rex, the Notorious B.I.G., Nine Inch Nails, kind of a surprise. Irving Azoff and John Landau, the last two getting in uh, in the non-performance categories. So, uh, boy, a lot to unpack here, as they say. Uh, first of all, if you want a rundown on this, be looking out. The Rock Solid podcast always does a show which features tunes from all of these acts. So that'll be coming up, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I will let you know when I know what to, when to look for that. So anyway, um, so again, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of people are surprised, but here's the thing that that I would say is who cares? I, I, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it used to be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum, and the and museum part to me is the important part. As I was thinking, same thing with like the Baseball Hall of Fame, which I, unfortunately I've never been to. Uh, oddly, I've never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I do need to go there, but my interest in those places has nothing to do with the guys necessarily that, and it is guys in football and baseball. I'm almost positive it's almost all guys. Um, maybe some of the ladies from the uh, Ladies Baseball League are in there in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know, but anyway. 
uh, not the people that are inducted in, as the Hall of Fame, storied as those careers are and the great accomplishments they had, all great. But I'm more interested in the museum aspect of all of those facilities, you know, the, the, the bits and pieces, the archives, the artifacts, you will, from baseball, football, and in the case of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, music. And so when I go to the Hall of Fame in Cleveland, I don't really care who's actually in the actual Hall of Fame. I do always suggest they put OMD in there, of you know, kind of as a joke because they're never going to get in. Um, and I always look at, you know, to make sure that the Beach Boys are being represented and things like that. But I, I'm much more interested in the actual museum aspect of it. And I could spend just, and I'm going to do that one of these days. My family always likes to run through it and just kind of look at things here and there. Uh, you know, I like to go through and read and look at everything. Another criticism uh, that came out on NPR this week was, uh, no shock, it's a lot of old white dudes. And the problem is a lot of, the reason that happens is because or, uh, once you get in, you have voting power, so it kind of exacerbates the problem. Old white dudes get in, vote for more old white dudes. But again, that's just the Hall of Fame aspect of it. If you go through the museum, anecdotally speaking, I think it's a lot more diverse than the actual Hall of Fame inductees, if I'm remembering this correctly. So it's a bit of a My big beef is that uh, the Beach Boys are confined to a 10 by 10 space uh, in the one section where the Rolling Stones and the Elvis and the Beatles, rightfully so, have these huge whole rooms to themselves. I'm like, I think the Beach Boys should get a little bigger space. That's just me. So anyway, uh, as the museum aspect, you know, it's uh, it's it's much more enjoyable for me. The Hall of Fame thing, I I don't care if the Beach Boys are in the Hall of Fame. I'd rather just see the actual stuff. One thing, for example, I like to go see. I'm even a huge B-52s fan, but currently on display they have the this little. Uh, uh, keyboard bass that the B-52s used on their first two albums. It's just one octave. It looks like it's in a suitcase. And you look at this thing and you go, holy cow, that's what they was making the bass sound on Rock Lobster and Planet Clara. It just, it's just amazing to be able to see something like that. And again, as far as who's actually in the actual Hall of Fame, I don't know, it's just it's pretty meaningless to me. But we are going to go to a big concert. And uh, my big question, of course, now is, uh, are all five, what I would say, core members of Depeche Mode going to be there? Uh, in other words, Vince Clark, Dave Gahan, Martin Gore, uh, Andrew Fletcher, and wait, who am I forgetting? Uh, wait, Clark, Gahan, Gore, Fletch, Alan Wilder. And uh, the, the debate is Vince Clark founded the group, left after one album. Uh, they were a three-piece for the next album. Then they were a four-piece again. Alan Wilder joined, and they were for the next uh, five or six albums. And then he left, and then I think that's probably much where the story should end. But anyway, um, that's my big thing. If, if all five of those guys go up there, man, I am totally going to see that concert just to see those five guys play together. That would be fascinating. So anyway, the other big complaint I saw on Twitter uh, is that um, – and they had this debate on Rock Solid, speaking of – is that uh, there's no rock? Who's, who's left to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? There aren't any rock bands anymore. And people are upset that Notorious B.I.G. got in, and Whitney Houston got in, and, and certainly Depeche Mode. I mean, they picked up a guitar in their time, certainly, but I think people are pretty upset. I think the only uh, choices people aren't upset with are the Doobie Brothers and T Rex, you know? But, uh, you know, at, and uh, one guy on Twitter said, oh, Soundgarden got snubbed. They, they don't put r- r- rock and roll in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know what I'm going to do now, folks, right? I'm going to direct you to one William Joel who can explain this better than I can. And, uh, and then it'll be on to the interview. It's the next phase, new wave, dance craze. Anyways, it's still rock and roll to me. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. Ooh. 
Gabe Key is a stand-up comedian based in Cincinnati, Ohio. He tours and headlines clubs all over the Midwest, soon to be nationwide. He's recording his first album at Go Bananas in Cincinnati this week. Here now is our interview with Gabe Kia. Gabe Kia. Hey, PF, what's up? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing well. Good. Trying uh, to get all situated here. I got my daughter watching a movie, and then every time I like leave the room, she's like, come here and watch. I'm like, huh. uh, yeah. That's why I'm, watching, I'm having you watch the movie, so I can distract you. Come on. There you go. Yeah. So wait, are you home now, or are you still in Indy? I'm home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just got home last night, late at night. I had a show... Uh, at a brewery last night and did that and then came home after the show. Okay. And then you're, you're featuring for Kevin Nealon or were you, I was featuring for Kevin Nealon at helium, um, the week. So it was like Thursday through Saturday. And then Sunday, I just happened to have a show also in Indy. So it was convenient. There you go. I didn't know there was a helium in Indianapolis. Now there's the one in Portland and Philadelphia. Yeah. There's Portland, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and then they just opened up one in St. Louis and Indianapolis as well. So wait, so Indianapolis, they still have the other two clubs, the Crackers, or is that? They have one Crackers, and they used to have a place called Jokers, and right. that place just closed. Okay. So Jokers yeah. just closed. Crackers still open. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I I actually worked Crackers, so I didn't even make a post about the helium shows because I wasn't uh, trying to. Yeah, yeah. Step. There's, there's like really no benefit for me other than someone getting mad, which is like the Crackers owner. Well, I was going to say, I remember back in the day, there a lot of uh, bad blood between the Jokers and the and the Crackers crowd. I know from some folks that were in the comedy scene up there, which I yeah. thought was weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's different in every city. Cincinnati's got a really good, there's a really good vibe here where you can work the funny bone and work go bananas and do whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah. Some 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 of the it's just club managers. It's more of an old school yeah. sort of thought of like owning talent. I guess I'm like, yeah, you can't really own us. Uh, but I understand with headliners, especially, and that's why I was like, she's headlining me at the at the one room. So I understand her coming from the perspective of like, well, if you're a headliner, you know, you sh- I want you to be working my club in town, not both clubs or yeah. whatever. So yeah. But got to make that money, and I wanted to work with Kevin Nealon. Yes, yeah, yeah. He is—he's just like he's a special kind of silly. Yeah. I told him I have a—I uh, told him I have a joke that I was like, it's actually—I said it reminds me. It's not like a joke that you did or anything. It just reminds me of a joke that that you, that I could see you doing, and it was about uh, I have a business card, and I was like, I've got a business card after the show, but. Uh, but I've only got one, so I can I can let you look at it. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna need that back or whatever. So that was kind of the joke. And he's like, oh, that's good. And I said, yeah, I forgot the business card. And then he's like, well, why don't you use my hotel room key? And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know if that that would work. Maybe maybe I could try to pass it off. But he was it was funny just to see how uh, encouraging he was. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just um uh, uh, supports the uh, the community really well out there in Los Angeles. I think he used to host a show or something out there at um one of the the uh, not laughs. I'm not thinking of. They have videos on YouTube all the time, and uh, he used to host one of the shows. I think for a while. 
yeah, maybe it's like a like a laugh factory or laugh something factory. Like that, that's or, it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that could be it. That's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So cool. So you yeah, travel- he does hikes. He's been doing these things called hiking with Kevin. Oh yeah, he goes on hikes with like Adam Sandler, Nick Swardson, like all his all his people, all his buddies, celebrity buddies. It's kind of like a podcast idea, except hiking. Yeah, uh, my friend Pat France was on about that the other day because he was saying that. He hates when famous people have podcasts, and he's like, you know, Conan O'Brien is on TV every night. He doesn't need a podcast. He just needs to be getting in my way. And the only one he said that was different was the Kevin Nealon, because at least he's bringing something different to the table, because that's, you know, something you're not going to see on TV. It's a whole different, it's a whole different thing, so. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that, there's truth in that. There's, but, but everybody, I think some, yeah, I don't know, maybe, I don't, I don't get the Conan thing, but I guess maybe it's just to, uh just to have a little bit more freedom from his show so he doesn't feel like, you know, just well, when, like, like when musicians do solo projects, you don't have like, you know, five guys, you know, have an input. It's like you get to call the shots and do what you want. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, uh, I actually didn't think about it like that. But yeah, you've got producers on the show and shows in your name, but you've got a lot of different voices probably. Oh, absolutely. Network, network button in. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, what are you, you traveling a lot these days uh, out of Cincinnati, or are you? Uh, what, what's mostly consuming your time? Yes, yeah, I am traveling a lot. I was, uh, I've been, been all over. I was just in Oklahoma City, just mainly a lot of the places that I've that I've frequented before. But, uh, but I, yeah, actually, it's getting. I've I've had a few opportunities where I got to open up for Kurt uh, or Bert Bert Kreischer at the. Uh, oh yeah. At the Taft Theater, that was a huge, that was a huge show. That was like over two thousand people, and uh, I tried to plug my show. Like that's how in, instead of my intro being like you've heard him or seen him, I'm like he's going to be at Go Bananas this <laughs> week. So I was trying to like plug that. There you go. Hopefully, get some people that saw me do uh, you know little 10, 10, 15 minute spot there. Come back out, and then that that same week, I uh, opened for Russell Peters, who's uh, oh, wow. out of Los Angeles. Yeah. But, like the biggest comedian in Canada growing up it's kind of uh from from a Canadian's perspective it was kind of like a dream come true dream come true yeah sort of gig well he's he's um well my wife is calling me here and I told her I'm doing an interview at one o'clock so you can you can take it if this, you want to call me the, back I've got oh no no it's fine she's upstairs uh okay doing okay it, it can't be that important Doing an interview. Like, there we go. Usually, if it's an in-house call, it's either the phone's missing yeah, or no, no, I hear her yelling from upstairs. I'm down in the basement in my basement studio, and she's upstairs, and probably needs me oh, to move okay. something. She's trying to clean or something. But um, anyway, uh, so, so what are you talking about on stage these days? Talking, I'm I'm introducing some some stuff about my daughter, doing some stuff about my daughter while still talking about myself growing up and kind of the differences between between what, how my parents brought me up and how, how I'm bringing my daughter up, but you know, getting, it's, it's interesting. It's been, uh, it's a lot of, she, this little girl provides a lot of material. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would imagine there's a kind of some similarity in the upbringing in that, you know, dad's on the road a lot. Uh, um, and you know, yeah. you kind of, kind of have a different, you know, family dynamic, uh, that way. Uh, do you think that was kind of, kind of influenced you in, in the upbringing of your daughter or are you kind of just doing your own thing? No, I think, I think there is some influence there from, uh, from growing up and having just that different, 
different kind of job sort of. So, so it's, it, it kind of gave me the, this is before I even had my daughter around, but just gave me the, the idea that I could, that I could pursue something that's like a little bit different and maybe not the conventional nine to five job that, uh, that, that you're used to or whatever. So I think, I think having growing up in a family like that gives you, gives you a little bit more, um, I don't know if it's motivate or just like just less anxiety about pursuing a, a career like that. That makes you know? sense. Yeah. 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 So there is a lot of anxiety that goes in way more, probably is, I mean, just as much in, in hockey as there is in comedy, but, uh, but it's, it's all about being able to, uh, to deal with that. And then the traveling is tough. The traveling I try to limit to just, uh, just like one week at a time, basically where I'm gone. Even this week was like Thursday through Sunday, which is like, sometimes that's like a day longer than usually like Thursday through Saturday. So I'm driving home on Sunday night and stuff or Sunday day getting home so I can see my daughter and she's in preschool. So basically she's, uh, I take, I take her and pick her up and, um, and then take care of her during the day, during the week. So that's my new, that's my new life. I'm, uh, I'm literally like a house mom in, in the, in the neighborhood because I'll be like outside playing with my daughter and then one of the neighbors will come by, then another neighbor come by and it's all like women with their, with their kids. And then me, I'm like the stay at home dad. Yeah, my wife Stay and I did that when our kids when our kids were young. Uh, we worked opposite schedules. Uh, my day job was at the airport, and she worked part time at an office. So uh, the day she worked at the office, I would either be off or I'd be working the late shift at the airport. And then the other days, I would just be you know weekends and stuff. I'd be at the and then uh, worked out pretty well. We both got to spend a lot of time with them. So uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's the tough part is she's getting old enough to where now she's understanding when I'm going away and stuff. And, and I've heard this from other comedians have told me that, that like, they're, they're like, yeah, it's pretty easy when they're young. It's when they get, when they get to the age where they're realizing, Oh, they see your suitcase or they know uh, that like when you are leaving, you're going to be gone for not just the day, but maybe like three or four days, you know? Yeah. So uh, that can be, that can be tough. But at the same time, I just try to FaceTime a lot when I'm out on the road, like, um, whenever i'm driving no that's not true uh <laughs> never never right. facetime when you're driving but yep but she's very good at that and and she's uh it's funny with kids too because she's so used to facetiming that like what talking on the phone normal is like weird for her she's not as good at it isn't that strange right? yeah yeah just... because it's just a different it's a different generation she's she's showing me this ipad down or it's no it's like a little iPod, one of those old iPods that doesn't work anymore. And she goes, this is my phone. It doesn't turn on, but it's my phone. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I keep believing that. That's fine. That's cheaper than getting you a real phone at yeah. age four. Yeah, my oldest is 22. She just moved to Cleveland. And uh, we were getting her set up. And I, I said, well, you, you probably just need internet. You don't really need actual cable. She, she goes, yeah, no, I don't, I don't watch TV except on, you know, one of my devices. Now her younger sister was nice enough and gave her a TV, but she just streams her, her iPhone to it and does watch regular TV shows. Uh, what's her favorite? Uh, the one that takes place in Indiana with uh, Amy Poehler. Um, oh, Parks and, Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. She'll see, yeah, she, that, that is her favorite show, but she will watch a conventional TV, but she, the way she watches it is completely foreign to the way you, know, you and I watch stuff growing up. 
I know. And the way I still pay for it, because I, I still have cable and I'm like, I need cable. I can't. How am I going to watch the blues if I don't have cable? And the answer is like NHL TV now. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of options. Yeah. I, well, I have the um, the NBC uh, sports thing uh, the app, but the um, it's they're not on often enough. And for a team that's in first place, sort it out. I remember when other teams were in first place, Boston's on all the time. And yeah, I've yeah, seen exactly. the, I think the Blues have been on twice. So, That's, yeah. And uh, I was able to catch them both times. But um, other than that, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Thankfully, the audio is still free on the NHL app. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I always – I use the audio for uh, – Although – on it, Yeah. Yeah, when you're driving around, you can usually get KMOX anywhere you're at. Unless yeah. it's the spring and the Cardinals are on, who get first rice, and, you, <laughs> and you're back <laughs> to square true. one. Um, yeah, so f- fingers crossed, we're doing well this year. Yeah, it's and without Tarasenko, which is amazing yeah. to step back and think about. Like, oh, we're still in first place, and our best player has not been here the whole year. Other players stepping up, it's really good. Are you afraid we're peaking too soon? Like the opposite no. of last year? Because <laughs> last no. year, yeah, I almost gave up, and I looked at the standings in February, I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> What oh, happened? I know. Yeah, I remember me and my me and my buddy. We uh, he lives in Kansas City. We grew up in St. Louis, and we always go to a game. And last year, we were so mad at the team. We were texting each other. We're like, not this year. Yeah, not yeah. This, not going to the game this year. <laughs> yeah. And then we were joking. We're like, and it's the one year they go and win the Stanley Cup. Maybe we should just, uh, yeah. Maybe that's our superstition now. Yep. Boy, we just... got we got to skip our local or our uh, our annual game. Yeah, I, I've never seen them in St. Louis. I saw I saw them twice in Pittsburgh when I lived there, and uh, oh, nice. I keep meaning to go to Columbus to see them, but uh, that never works out because um, I think that, since they're in a different conference, they only go to Columbus once, maybe twice a year. So, yeah, usually a, they'll have a preseason game in Columbus, which yeah. I kind of like because then it's not as expensive, and I can go. And I'm I'm interested enough. Where I'm, I know all the players, even if it's not the first line or the, it's even if it's the backups, I'm still like, ooh, I know these guys. But, uh, but then it's cheaper for my, uh, my daughter doesn't know if it's preseason or regular season. Oh, there you right? go. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah you got, got a stub hub, those babies though, man. And, uh, sometimes yeah, she, that works. I take her skating too. I take her skating here in, uh, in town at Summit Park. We go to Summit Park oh, in yeah. Northlands. Northland Coliseum. We go there and do yeah. uh, just a little skating with with their little walker, her little walker thing that she starter. Yeah. Uh, do you go to the Cyclones games at all? Uh, I have been. We went. We actually went to a couple games. Um, I think it was last year, and but I haven't been this year yet. So yeah, I haven't. My oldest was going to go with me, but of course she moved. My youngest has no interest. We went once when she was supposed to sing between periods with her school uh, when she was in fifth grade. And as soon as that was done, she's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes the environment, she, she, I watch it so much on at home that her mom is like, Oh, hockey, more hockey. So she'll like Tilly just didn't impress. No more hockey daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> she likes it all over. Like we play outside together. Mm-hmm. She likes just the watching on TV, I think I I think I overdo it there. So that's when yeah. <laughs> that's when they're like, "All right, enough hockey." So can you Here's watch it? Plan tonight. Is it like a deal where you can watch any two teams? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of have a vested interest somewhere. It's got to be like a 
And usually it's it not so much I like the team so much as I like maybe the city or I have friends in that city or something like that. So yeah. um, I'll root for the Penguins secondarily based on that. And then it's kind of a, a, a crapshoot from there. Um, I like the old WHA teams that are still – well, the only – one is sort of in the Jets, who are not really the original Jets, and the uh, Oilers. Oilers, yeah. The yeah, Oil- yeah. I was going to say the Oilers and then – the Carolina Hurricanes were the, were the Hartford Whalers, Whalers. Yep. so that kind of. And now, who is thinking the Jets are now the Arizona Coyotes? So the original Jets, yeah, and then yeah, the, the Thrashers. Jets, so the Atlanta Thrashers became the new Winnipeg Jets. And oh, isn't that funny that Atlanta is like their one of their best exports is uh, Canadian it's hockey teams. hockey teams to right? Canada. They're yeah. like, yeah, the Atlanta Flames come become the Calgary Flames, and then the Thrashers become the the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the city that big can't hold a hockey team. Where Dallas can do it, and uh, my, if Miami can do it for crying out loud, I can't, why can't Atlanta get it sorted? Because probably enough transplants down there. Yeah, I think, well, they tried twice. And the same thing happened with St. Louis. St. Louis had the football Cardinals and they oh, moved yeah. to Arizona. And then they also had the Rams for a little bit and they moved away. So some cities, you're just like, oh, what what, what are you doing wrong? What are you doing wrong, St. Louis? I, I don't know. know. Yeah, well, it's not a, a huge town. So when Los Angeles <laughs> made it tempting, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think it has to do with the owner. Owners, yeah, do, like, yeah, yeah. You switch. They started with a different owner, and then they switched owners. And you know that that guy, I think he had his eyes set on Los Angeles right when he, right when he got the he team. So. Looking his chops. That happened to the 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 Rams originally when they were in Cleveland. The guy that bought them wanted to immediately move them to Los Angeles, and the NFL wouldn't let him. It was the war just ended. They didn't want to travel all the way across the country, and he won the championship. And he uh, he he threatened to either fold the team or he made some outrageous demand. And the All America Football Conference was starting, and the NFL said, ah, "You know what? Let him go." And so he did. And was uh, that, were they there before the Forty ers or were the Forty ers the Rams? The Rams went out um, in forty. Five for the 46 season, uh, oh, the wow. All America Football Conference started with a team in Los Angeles and the 49ers uh, in that league. And that's another reason because the NFL didn't want to look stupid not having a team on the West Coast when this new upstart league did. And then when the leagues merged, the the Dons, the LA Dons, were merged with the Rams. They got some of their players, and only the 49ers, Browns, and the Colts made it into the NFL. And not the Colts you know today; it was a different Colts. But um, yeah, yeah, it's the Ravens now, right? No, the Ravens oh, are our old oh, Browns. No, no. That's all very confusing. The Ravens are the old Browns. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the uh, the Colts are the Colts that came in 53 that were as an expansion team in uh, Baltimore. So, yeah. That's that's crazy. I love I love that info. All that stuff that you just said that's right there. That's my like, big area of I expertise. Love... That's one of the reasons I got the job at Shirts because I know all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, back, the sports franchise. When I was, that's cool. Right before I called you, I'm working on a story about the Cleveland Lumberjacks hockey team. And doing a little background on, you know, what happened to the previous teams before. And for 15 years, Cleveland had no hockey team at all. When the oh, yeah. NHL Barons I remember left. the Barons. Yeah. That was a small little, uh, they had a small run. I don't know if they went, if they defunct or if they No, they merged with the Minnesota North Stars because both teams were about to collapse. So the league said, uh, that's another really confusing. They, they, they merged those two teams, but it really was an absorption because this team stayed in Minnesota. And yeah. then uh, the owners wanted to get rid of it. And then somehow the guns got – they gave up the North Stars to eventually get the San Jose Sharks because that's where they really wanted to have a team. And so the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, and the Sharks are all related in this big, huge deal that uh, 
essentially left Cleveland without hockey and got all the other four cities or the other three cities hockey. But um, it's all good now. The Monsters won the Calder Cup in 2016, and they're they're drawn pretty well in the That's arena. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So everything's good. Everything's good in Cleveland. But um, so yeah. So what's the plan for for 2020? What are your big What are the big goals for uh, comedy wise and career wise? So comedy wise, this is uh this week at Go Bananas, I will be I'll be recording for my album. So this will be my first ever album. I've I've not recorded an album. I've been kind of in the works with this for a few weeks, but also with all these these uh these gigs I've been getting opening, I've been kind of running my set and trying to introduce some new material. So I had that kind of theme of stuff about my my family and then stuff about my family growing up so that's what i'm kind of looking for with this with this recording and then i'll be doing some obviously some old jokes that i've been doing for for years and then uh then i'll be doing probably about 30 20 20 to 30 minutes of this new stuff that i've been working on too so trying to do that the whole week i'm going to have uh I've, I've talked to somebody about recording and producing it, so hopefully I'll be able to get it on some some streaming formats like Pandora, Sirius, and uh, XM, like, yeah, that sort of stuff. That's hopefully. what everybody's doing. Well, great, man. I'll let you get back to your little girl there, and uh, uh, good luck with the recording the shows and everything at Go Bananas, and um, yeah. yeah, Go Blues. Uh, maybe we'll get together come playoff time, hopefully. Yeah, I, yeah. This uh, I'm gonna put. I'll put a little bit more pressure on you this time because I know that, that was we it. Know that we did it. I appreciated like, the invite. Yeah, last but it was like uh, it was kind of last minute. I already had plans going with. The, we were having a big uh, bonfire out on the the deck, but uh, I did end up catching yeah. all all of the games in the series. But yeah, I would definitely have to do that. My daughter's like, no, go, go, and I'm, there, I'm like, no, it's it's too late. We already got. I've got to get the fire set up for you and everything. So. But uh, they I were think encouraging. I had a couple. I had a couple people over that like were kind of comics, but they didn't. They never watched hockey. Before, oh, so it was kind yeah. of. It was kind of awkward. I had my jersey they, out. I had my jersey out and everything it. from the '80s. The one with had the with the red trim on it. So yeah. I'll oh, bring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll bring that if uh, if if we should we make it that far. Knock on uh, particle board wood. Knock <laughs> <laughs> on carbon fiber board. Yep. There you go. All right, man. Well, good talking to you, buddy. Okay. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Gabe. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Gabe Kia for being on the show. You can catch Gabe. Let's have a look here. Well, of course, like I mentioned in the intro, he's recording his first album. Finally, he's been doing this for quite a while. Uh, January 26th, I'm sorry, January 23rd through the 26th at Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Then he's at the uh, Soaring Eagle Casino in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, the 29th of January. The 31st, he's at Moxie's Pub in La Crosse. Uh, Dublin Irish Brew Pub in Duluth, February 1st. And he does a bunch of the Looney Bin Clubs in the Midwest, Wichita, Little Rock, and Tulsa in February, April, and May. And so, uh, yeah, go to Gabe Kia dot com for uh, all your Gabe Kia needs and Kia in this case is spelled K-E-I-A it's not like Gabe Kia a great place to buy a used car no it is GabeKia.com so do check him out he's a funny dude very goofy uh, you'll think you really enjoy him brings us to the song of the week the song of the week it comes to us uh, via Nearly Liza and uh, most of her stuff comes to us via Spotify but this one actually I was asking about it the other day uh, she said this one didn't she thought for a minute she thought oh, this was probably a Spotify recommendation but then she was like oh wait a minute no I was watching videos on YouTube and this came up as a commercial and she goes what do you know for once a commercial actually worked and it's for a young man named Conan Gray who I guess started as a, a YouTuber and uh, he has now be- properly become a pop star his uh 
The other song you might know by him is called Crush Culture, so if you've heard another song by Conan Gray, it is likely that. He released this track uh, late last fall, so October 2019. It's called Maniac, and it's just a nice pop tune, man. I mean, it's like a you know, very One Direction-esque, uh, that sort of affair. But it's a cracking tune, and I think you're going to dig it. So this is our Song of the Week on PS Tape Recorder. Maniac, Conan Gray, PS Tape Recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. Maniac. You were with your friends partying when the alcohol kicked in. Said you wanted me dead, so you show up at my home all alone with a shovel and a rose. Do you think I'm a joke? Cause people like you always want back what they can't have But I'm past that and you know that So you should turn back to your right back Tell them I'm trash Tell all of your friends that I'm crazy And drive you mad that I'm such a stalker A watcher, a psychopath And tell them you hate me and dated me just for laughs So why do you call me and tell me you want me back, you maniac Your place right away, wipe the tears off of your face while you 